I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I, like, make my girlfriend grind with me now because I never got to do it when I was Save! growing up. <laughs> All the time. Yes. Extremely so in public. Things. <laughs> I'm like, we're, like, in the kitchen. I'm like, we're making up for seventh grade. Let's to the go. window! <laughs> <laughs> I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that hopes to make enough money to record from space with all the other assholes. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with comedian Carly Montag about being the odd one out. Like the odd one out of the atmosphere yeah, in space. There you go, there you go. The one out there. I saw a tweet today that was like, for people that are making fun of billionaires uh, for this space exploration is really important if you're really concerned about climate change and the earth not being livable in in a few decades. I'm like, oh, yeah, we ruined the earth. So let us go to space and ruin that, too. Like, (laughs) if we make the earth uninhabitable, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we shouldn't... (laughs) try to do this again elsewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Did you, I saw a tweet. Did you see that tweet thread that was like, I'm married to an astronaut. Here's what you need to know. Like in response to all of the people saying like, they're just going to leave this planet behind and make it just another earth situation up there. And how she was like giving really like scientific, like the fact that space is trying to kill you. There's no way that they're going to, 
just go up there and enjoy amazing space to like right. leave Earth behind. Like it, space is physically trying to kill you. Yes. And like had like just broke down like everything that goes into taking a shit. When yeah. you're up in space, everything, like all the nitty gritty and still just reply guys, reply guys, refuting science. It's, it's no. amazing. <laughs> I love a good space poop thread. Yes. So, I'll have to look that up. Wow. <laughs> well, space was pretty straight by the looks of it. Yeah. But here on Earth, we were doing gay things. What's the gayest thing you did this week? Oh, my God. You know, oh, this just popped in my head before. I had one locked and loaded, but I watched the soccer game yesterday. That's pretty gay. Oh, uh, well, a bunch it was lesbians. It wasn't women's soccer, though. No, that's true. Okay. okay. Yeah. Forget it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Pretty straight teams, right? England, Italy. Yeah, but watching it with lesbians. I did watch it with lesbians, yeah. Okay. Um, I went to Good Judy, famously, queer bar. We do our shows at. By that, I mean we had one show there. Because we've only had time to do one show. They've only been around a year. They had their one-year anniversary block party in Park Slope yesterday. They have two varieties of Dyke beer. Yes. So if you're in New York and Brooklyn, check them out. We love them. They had drag shows, but... One of my friends, oh, Lindsay Bowling, past guest, a soccer dyke, yes. came over and was like, can, can we just put on the game? Like, while I was getting ready, um, she, I just, <laughs> why do we need to watch it? But like, can we just have it on? Um, and I just like had to download the ESPN app in front of her. I thought I had it. I watched stuff on but I don't know. And then I already felt like a lame dyke for that. Having to download the ESPN app in front of a lesbian, not the best look. If it was a real dyke sport to watch, it would be on ESPN3. That's where the softball games are. <laughs> or ESPN I, College. ESPN2, yeah. Women's yeah. college basketball. Um, <laughs> but it was playing at all the bars. Like, we would dip in and out of the street fest once we made our way there and then, like, got food and it was playing on all the TVs. And we had a little table of lesbians watching it, not just on the TVs, but on our phones. Did anybody make a you're a wanker number nine joke? <laughs> No. Why okay. Understand. <laughs> Imagine me and you. What? <laughs> Have you seen the movie Imagine Me and You? Yeah. I don't and remember. They're in the stands and she yells, you're a wanker number nine. And then they have a callback to it at the end when oh. she's standing on the cars. And that's the whole moment. That's the whole moment. That's our only <laughs> wholesome rom-com moment is you're a wanker number nine. Why do I feel like I rented that at Blockbuster? Like, why do I don't remember? Sorry. Well, now I have to rewatch this and Jennifer's body. If you listen to our Patreon episode, <laughs> you'll know why. So I just wanted to make sure that I was getting that right after shaming you so yeah. hard about it. And I type it into Google and it's part of a list of 14 lesbian mating calls all <gasps> single ladies should use. So here I am not knowing the mating call. Not having ESPN on my Fire TV, uh, what am I even doing here on this podcast? Chocolate and vanilla swirl, swirl is one of them. That's only in specific situations. Talking, laughing, loving, breathing, fighting, fucking, crying, drinking. Would you use that as a pickup line? (laughs) I've never been able to say it without looking. Hey, shrimp girl. I don't know what that one's from. (laughs) This is an old BuzzFeed, so the links are broken. 
you're looking very Shane today. I still say embarrassingly. The Xena warrior cry. This is a fun one. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, you're a wanker number nine. So what was your other gayest thing? Okay, so I, after being completely depleted from June, um, practiced a lot of saying no over the last week. Saying, no thanks, I'm going to stay in. And just kind of stare at my cat and just regenerate. And While still I, managing to go to a gay block party. I know, Melody. that was yesterday after a long week of rest. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> I, on Saturday, didn't leave. I watched so much television. I obviously watched Gossip Girl. I watched all the things mm. everyone's telling me to watch. But then I was like, why am I watching everything I feel like I have to watch when all I want to watch is Tignataro? I want to watch a comedy okay. special from pre-Trump presidency where, like, we're just all... Laughing in our ignorant bliss about the minutia of everyday life delivered by a deadpan lesbian. Please, yep. that's all I want. So Allie and I sat down to watch Tig's 2015 stand-up special, Boyish Girl Interrupted. Famously, the one where Tig takes off her shirt and yes. shows her double mastectomy scars and then just like finishes out the special in it. But like I had a visceral reaction and I've seen this special before, but like not since then. And I don't know if I was crying because I missed a certain, I was feeling nostalgic or because it's so funny, but I was just weeping laughing. Like I have not laughed like that in so long. Like I've never felt so much watching a special. So just like oh, a man. PSA to anyone love who it. wants to watch a good special. I forgot how much I love it. It was beautiful. Like I, I wept crying, laughing. Cake is always a enough. great one to revisit. Yes. Carolyn. Yes. Regale. What is the gayest thing you did this week? Well, I was in Buffalo and my aunt and cousin suggested that we go and take a day trip to Lilydale, which is a place that I've heard of many times, but I've never gone. And Lilydale, it is a hamlet in New York State connected with the spiritualist movement. And it's basically a little town full of mediums. So people who speak to spirits. Yes. Uh, I didn't really understand fully what it was because I was like, oh, I could go for a tarot reading, but they don't do tarot because that's not part of this religion, which is spiritualist. And that's a whole religion. So you go there, you pay an entry fee, and they have like these services that they do. And they do it usually if the weather's nice at a place called Inspiration Stump and you walk into the woods, oh. there's a pet cemetery, okay. which is very sad, um, but also cute. Because it's like a cemetery, but then lots of like little dogs and cats and Ugh. sculptures. Uh, but yes, very sad, but fun because of the names. You know, it's a little bit different. More fun than your average cemetery. I don't know. And then uh, <laughs> you go to this inspiration stump, which is like this huge tree stump. And that's where they do these services. Well, I didn't know what the services entailed. And somebody said, well, in one of the shops said you should go to to one of the services. And we went and they're like, oh, this is a, like a service, like a church service. So we sat down and we're like, huh, what, what did we sign up for? What's going on? But in their services, what they do is they have just different mediums come in 
and see what spirits are speaking to them and trying to connect them with people in the room. So I was there with my aunt, my cousin, my mom, and Cecilia. We didn't get connected with anyone there, but we weren't worried because we had a ticket for later that night for like a special medium that was coming through town and doing like a longer two hour session like you see on a TV show yeah. type thing. A lot of people book individual appointments, but they were kind of expensive. So and then it's overwhelming and you don't know who to pick. Also, like I, I don't know. None of us felt like except maybe my mom, but uh, none of us felt like we had dead people that we had like unresolved business with. Like I love my gram there, but I also don't need any messages from her. Like, I know where she stands, you know, unless, <laughs> like, unless she has like lotto numbers for me, like leave her alone. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I know where she stands. Yeah. Like, um, my mom didn't have closure with her next door neighbor who died kind of suddenly and she was kind of seeing him. And I think she was hoping for something there. Uh, we didn't get connected with any spirits unfortunately through the experience that was cool to see and some of it too and I'm such a skeptic even though I do believe in some of this stuff but I'm also just so practical that when they started giving out details I'm just like yeah they probably googled who bought the tickets and then they looked up any related obituaries but they it got freaky. Like there was stuff that definitely good. would not be good. 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 Yeah. Like at one point he's like, "Is somebody here a yaya? I don't. Is there anyone Greek here?" And this woman's like, "I'm a yaya. I'm a card carrying oh, no. yaya." And then was very was like, "Your son's here, and your son also has his daughter who also passes a baby, right?" And she was like, "Yes." Like it was crazy. Not Googleable. Yeah, yeah, just stuff. And I, I don't know, like, some of them were so emotional. And the, these people are just like in tears getting these messages from the beyond. And then it was, you know, giving me goosebumps or making me teary. It was a cool experience. But I thought it was going to be like a lot more um, shops and stuff like that. There's only like three stores in a cafe. It's really you just go there if you want to talk. to. Well, you're dead. not there for material things, babe. Right. <laughs> so oh, I just Googled it. I want to go to there. Yeah. I mean, the the gayest thing could be just going to Lilydale because it felt really gay. But I think the gayest thing was that there are a lot of these really cute older homes there and that a lot of the mediums live in. And we were walking by this one home and Cecilia and I were both like very drawn to it. It was this beautiful blue home on the corner and on the porch they had like all these cool planters. And there was one planter that was like a woman's head with like flowers coming out of it. And we kept walking and Cecilia kind of stayed behind and was like taking pictures and like taking a video of some of the stuff and then she caught up and was like that porch had just like really good vibes I just really like the vibes of that porch I wonder if there's like a medium there but I would want to go there so we go into the store around the corner and the woman behind the counter goes to Cecilia and was like hey were you just admiring my flowers <gasps> And I look out the window and it's kind of weird because you you cannot see the porch from the window from where she was standing. So I don't know like how she saw her. It was kind of weird. Um, but she's like, I, I just 
I registered you because you remind me of like an old client I used to have who was like a very sweet soul and kind of like described Cecilia's personality a little bit, but was like, oh, you remind me of this other person and I don't know what's happened to her or if she's still with us, but she was very sweet. And Mm -hmm. Cecilia's kind of like weirded out because she doesn't know like what to make of it. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah. And I'm like, no, I think this person like owns that blue house. Um, It's very pretty. And she's like, oh, you guys can go sit on it if you want. I'm totally honest. If you can go and and have a seat and you'll see that there's a, a robin's nest. And then on the other side of the store, this total dyke, this older <laughs> lesbian was like, oh, it's so lovely in the morning when the robins comes to the nest. I'm like, lesbian couple. Those yeah. were the good vibes there you go. that we were picking up on. And we went and sat on the lesbian's porch and they had like little rainbow crystals and stuff like that that we mm-hmm. picked up on. So I think that was very pretty gay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well we're like, done. they're lesbians. And my aunt's like, how can you tell? I'm like, what? Did you not just see these two women who live together and they both have short hair and one's wearing robins? It's talking about robins in the morning. Once and they own like a shop in Lilydale that's all just like angel spirit stones and (laughs) Uh, can't wait to go there. Yeah, so that was my experience in Lilydale. Love that. So I wasn't able to connect with any dead people, but what do you say we try connecting with someone who's very much alive, very much human? Today, we're diking out with comedian Carly Montag. Carly co-hosts the podcast Alone at Lunch and has performed stand-up all over and in festivals like Women in Comedy, Cape Fear Comedy, and the Midwest Queer Comedy Festival. Let's get into it. Thank you so much for being here and diking out with us today. How are you doing? You survived Pride Month. I survived Pride Month. It is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. I feel like we're going to be asking everybody for the next five or six months being like, yeah, you survived Pride. Pride. Yeah. <laughs> this one felt especially intense. It's next May. You're going to be like, you survived last Pride. Pride starts tomorrow again. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man. I didn't even realize the parade was virtual until like that morning. Me neither. I was (laughs) like, what? what? There were so many marches and parades happening regardless, like legitimate like artists booked on a pride stage in the West Village, right? Like, yeah, Princess Nokia, but it was apparently not the official pride. The only pride thing that was virtual was the actual parade. Everything else was just in person. I don't know why they. The music. Okay. I don't know why they had to do the parade virtually. Maybe to allow everybody who couldn't make it to experience it. I don't know. Maybe they were trying to be inclusionary. What was it? Still twelve hours long. (laughs) I didn't watch. (laughs) I was. You didn't watch. I was too busy doing the in-person stuff. (laughs) Yeah. As people know from last week's episode, my problem with the queer community is that we're too inclusive on certain things. Oh God. Melanie's like, watch it. (laughs) No, too many flags and too many floats in the parade. There are a lot. You have to draw a line somewhere. We don't need Chuck Schumer. Yeah, where would they put all the celebrities if not on the AT&T float and the... Right. Water. <laughs> Just the water floats. The water floats. <laughs> reminding us to keep hydrated. Uh, exactly. Carly, you are a comic here in New York City. I am. How long have you been here for? I have been a comic for four years. I've been living in New York since 
college from 2008. Okay. Not to date myself. So I've been here, what is this now? 12, I don't know how to do math. 12 years. Oh, wow. Nice. One, something like that. 20, someone's going to be like, that's not math. That's wrong. <laughs> a while. A while. And gay most of the time? No, surprisingly. Okay. Gay, gay for the last six years. Oh, only the last six. Okay. Yeah. Um, not specifically straight before that, but just not realizing that right, I was right. Right. Still pretty gay, just not out to anyone, even myself. Didn't have it on a shirt, you know. No shirt. <laughs> um, but living a gay lifestyle without knowing I was gay. Right. No boyfriends. Uh, not touching women too closely in case they thought I was gay. You know the usual. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't know why I acted surprised because I was just on your podcast where you did mention that you were late in coming out, but for some reason I still thought it was er- well, maybe more than six I years seem ago. So much older. I'm only th- I'm 31, and I came out when I was 24. Okay, both myself and others. Right, right. Yeah, it's been a wild ride these last six, seven years. Probably the best, the uh, most myself I felt ever, which is great. <laughs> Finally. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a, a great time because growing up, you know, I definitely gave all the signs. But every, I just assumed, as I think everyone else did, that I was just a t- athletic tomboy. Right, right. And I'm actually surprised when like my friends who were also female athletic tomboys grew up to be straight. Because I'm like, I thought we were all in this together. Yeah. It still surprises me. That's same here. That's the biggest <laughs> yeah. mindfuck. I can't. Like, my best friend at the time, we played basketball together. We did everything together. And she's, like, married with a child now to a man. And I'm like, what? I thought we had this thing. I didn't But do you understand. still think maybe? I really don't. I, but it still surprises me. Yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. I do want to get into your childhood. But, but before we do, can I ask? Yeah. What is the gayest thing you did this week? What are you up to currently? <sighs> The gayest thing I did this week was go bowling. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. We haven't had that before, but that's pretty gay. Yeah. <laughs> Took my breath pretty away. Gay. I mean, with my girlfriend, uh, but also with my sister and brother-in-law. So I brought them into the gayness of the week. Where'd, it was great. Did you go in Brooklyn? Do you live in Brooklyn? Um, I just I do assume live in Brooklyn. every comedian <laughs> in New York lives in Brooklyn. <laughs> I do live in Brooklyn. I actually was down in Virginia visiting my sister for July 4th. Oh, God. Uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but July 4th was this week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so uh, I was like, we, my girlfriend and I were like, can we go bowling? And it was way cheaper than $100 here. We have looked it up here in Brooklyn because we want to go. Oh, and yeah. It's so crazy expensive. Yeah. yeah. It was cheaper for us to get to Virginia and go bowling there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Airfare. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> than to just do it here. If you want to do it at Times Square, it's like $100 an hour. It's oh, nuts. No thanks. I went somewhere yeah, in like crazy. Industry City or like that area of Brooklyn. Reasonably priced, yeah. but it's like you got to get out all the way out there. Yeah. I mean, I think that ultimate gayest thing i did while bowling was get the highest score oh oh nice nice are you you're competitive absolutely yeah absolutely yeah okay what's your sign knew it (laughs) gemini okay whoa Whoa. twist Uh i wasn't Uh expecting that no we had too much uh, gemini slander on a recent episode according to feedback (laughs) oh i heard it yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was listening (laughs) so we'll go easy no, that's fair. Uh, well, part of me obviously is very competitive and the other part of me doesn't care at all. So that's right. the beauty Two of Gemini. Right, parts at all times. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty. I, 
it's funny because I feel like part of me wants to be like, oh, I'm not even a Gemini. And then the other part of me is like, oh, I'm very clearly a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> that in itself, so Gemini. Right. <laughs> Did you enjoy the shoes they gave you to bowl in? That's the gayest part. That Yeah, I did. I do love a bowling shoe. I was yeah. looking. They're all what? They're all Velcro. Is that correct? Or no, is that not accurate? What am I Depends thinking? Depends on where you go. I've had some lace up. Looking, oh, maybe they're all lace up. I was doing something recently and I was looking at how they're all Velcro. Oh, I was rock climbing. That's also the gayest thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, those shoes are all Velcro. And I couldn't figure out if it was because people who rock climb can't tie shoes or if there's something more stable about velcro shoes but uh no you're right uh, shoes are tie up and probably so you don't trip on your laces while you're climbing right like that could that, yeah that could be dead be da- that could like be bad. if it like snags <laughs> on a rock or something like that right that is such a good point yeah yeah or, yeah they, you could die probably <laughs> you could. very likely people do it <laughs> Yeah, but um, I I'm very competitive in on all things. Um, my girlfriend is also very competitive, um, but I make sure to win. Mm-hmm. Right, obviously. <laughs> Did you uh, bowl in high school or anything like that, or is it just like a thing that you're casually really good at, and people find out once they ask you to bowl? I, I didn't, but I really wanted to. I wanted to bowl in high school, but it was the same season as basketball. And I okay. was really a big basketball player. Whoa. Um, so you had a bowling yeah. team in high school? Did you go to a very sure good did. school? Very good. Did you go to a very big <laughs> school? I guess so. I mean, our grade was 400 people. So like 1,600 mm-hmm. total. Um, we're good at math, as you can tell. <laughs> and <laughs> we have like a bowling alley in our town. We, I used to go. I thought you were going to say in your school. Me too. I was going to be like, get (laughs) out of here. (laughs) No, no bowling alley in the school. That would be pretty crazy, though. Um, But I always wanted to. I I actually like when I got uh, burnt out of playing basketball. By the end of my high school career, I had just been doing it for so long and so competitive. I was like literally burnt out. And I was. I don't know if anyone. I was literally this close to being like, should I bowl instead? But I just. It was the one year I was going to finally become captain and I couldn't give it up. Oh, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just like it a lot. My dad was in a bowling league growing up. So it's just like he has his own ball. I was like, oh, this is so cool. He used to come home late at night from his bowling league. I was like, I got to get in on this. <laughs> That's very dad. Oh, man. There was a dad. I went to the Great Wolf Lodge recently. I don't, do you know what that is? <laughs> the indoor chain from indoor the water park. Yes, uh, from, yeah, the from the commercials. <laughs> Um, and yeah, they're the other real, they're very real. <laughs> they it's just outside the commercial. It's like this, the, obviously the water park is the main attraction, but they have like an arcade, they have rock climbing, they have bowling and they're tiny little kid lanes, like with, you know, the smallest <laughs> pins and the smallest balls. And a dad showed up really with a bag, like a bowling bag <laughs> and his shoes and his ball. Like, it's not going to fit. They're so, they're for kids. <laughs> I'm going to make a great dad one day, I think, honestly. For sure. (laughs) 
Bowling alleys also make me think of roller skating rinks. And uh, it's rainy here right now. And I was like looking at something to do with my nephews. I'm like, maybe I'll take them to a roller skating rink. But I'm also very afraid of teenagers. They are. I haven't been to one in a while. But teenagers on roller skates to me is like the scariest thing imaginable. Like not only are they like sassy, but they're going to like skate past me and just like insult me on every lap. Anything like, with wheels, like teenagers on bikes, teenagers on skateboards, scooters, teen- yeah. Yeah. cars. It's just terrifying. Cars, yeah. <laughs> I think teens are the scariest of all of the ages. Yeah. Because like, they just like know how to hit, they just know where to, where to get you. Right. Because they like, they're, they're smart enough where they've been children. So they like learned all the children lingo and they're, their brains are matured enough where they know how to also be an adult. Like they know just where to get you. Mm-hmm. And they have no fear. Zero yeah. fear. <laughs> like my mom used to always be worried about me walking around the city at night. And I'm like, no, the scariest time is four o'clock. <laughs> when they're out of school. On the subway. Right, when they're out of school. They've had yep. some soda. They're looking <laughs> to show off in front of their friends. I used to have to pass by. And my old apartment was like right down the street from a high school. And just walking by it to get to my laundromat, I'd have to walk by it. And I would like run. I'd run past it just so the yeah. kids wouldn't like. <laughs> right. They're like literally in uniforms in the lunchroom, and I just was so scared they would like point at me through the window and start making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> the windows are shut, but you get hit with like applesauce anyway. Uh, exactly. Well, this all lends perfectly to our topic. Uh, yes, being the odd one out, growing teens up. will make you feel that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, I wear overalls like for my entire childhood. So let's get that, into it. Um, <laughs> that doesn't tell you anything. But not, I had like not even like cl- I used to keep one open. I thought that was a cool thing to do was just like to have one flapping in the wind, like new kids Is on it the not? block. Yes, I still feel this way. <laughs> I thought I was the coolest person, but I was the only one doing it. I feel like now that I'm older, I'm like trying to repurpose them and be like cool with overalls, and I just. To think I still look so nerdy. They're, I mean, they're so fun. Do you I wear them think, on stage? I haven't yet. I'm so, I want, I have, so, okay. I guess the, I, my girlfriend had a pair and I was like, I don't know, cleaning her room. Cause that's what I do. And <laughs> <laughs> I found them. I just put them on and she was like, you have, these are yours now. Like they, they're right. yours. They look better on you. So now they, I've acquired them and I want to wear them so bad, but I just, I haven't got, I have so much like PTSD from wearing them as a kid that I can't that I can't seem to feel cool in them yet. Wait, so what's the PTSD? Like, were you picked on for like the people call no, you overalls just, as a <laughs> nickname? No, or? I just was like such a chubby kid, and I used to wear them just to like cover my body, Me pretty too. much. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm just like, oh, are people wearing overalls still because they don't fit into regular clothes? See, here like, I I feel like a bully because I'm. <laughs> I was just gonna say, and you're a redhead, so were people calling you like Chucky? Because I would have like. <laughs> Literally, you can't cover got... your red hair with pink hair and just be a pink-haired bully right now. <laughs> I think that's I what got... kept me from wearing overalls was my red hair growing up. I'm like, no way. That's so interesting because I was a very fat kid and I yeah. wore overalls. You'd think I would gra- like I've gained weight over the last year. Why I I'm afraid to put them on because I feel like I'll look bad in them because I feel like they'll go right up my vagina. Like I'll just there won't <laughs> be enough room for the material. There'll be no, no they, choice they but to really, go in crevices. No, they really like made me feel like better about my body, and I was like, oh, because I'm covering everything up just like I did when I was a kid. It was 
is magical. All right. Nice. I, but this time I cuffed the bottoms to make it, you know, make it Brooklyn, hipper. <laughs> make it hipper. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was doing that as a kid. I used to wear baseball hats all the time. Like I couldn't wear them in school, but at camp I would be the girl with the baseball hat. I mean, having red hair obviously stands out like playing sports. They'd always just be like, Oh, I got the red head or who's getting, who's covering the red head. Like I didn't even have a name for like years. <laughs> right. So being a redhead, let's talk about that. <laughs> because <laughs> being a I queer redhead yeah uh, <laughs> no but it is such a thing that i think a lot of people don't realize like how kind of different redheads are just yeah well i mean i i make a joke about this but i truly don't think i could ever date another redhead like it just it, if i'm in the room with another redhead i automatically kill feel them weird oh, okay yeah like i feel needs to die I, I, I truly don't know how brunettes and even sometimes blonde, I don't understand how you can be in the room with people who have the same color hair as you all the time. Like, it just feels weird to me. That's really funny because you're not the first redhead to tell me that they could never date a redhead. Um, yeah. Because I, I had a boss who was like, I feel like I'd be, people would think we were siblings. They would just yeah. assume two redheads, they must be related. Um, well, it happened to me all the time growing up girl boy it didn't matter they'd be like oh you guys are a sibling you and my sister be would be right next to me she's a brunette and she'd be like actually i'm the sister <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah i on the flip side am so attracted to redheads yeah <laughs> oh hello. I, yeah like i really like all my celebrity like every celebrity that has like red hair um every boy that i like pretend to have a crush on it was like always the redhead the rare redhead <laughs> <laughs> I've had to and I, I really don't think this is the case but I've almost had to like when I, I didn't start dating until I got older just because I didn't know how to date because I didn't know that I didn't like guys and then right. no guys were ever interested in me because they could get this vibe for me that I didn't like them back yeah but once I did start dating I had to kind of like get over this thing where like people who liked me it wasn't like a fetish that they liked red hair <laughs> you know because I've had people be like oh my god I love that you have red hair and I'm like that's weird <laughs> yeah well but i also like yeah i don't know i just it's something that i'm like okay it's okay like i'm not i'm not like a weirdo yeah well i did date a guy who fetishized them <laughs> um and <laughs> it was a real fetish and I, I was always so threatened when i saw a girl with red hair around i mean it is a porn category <laughs> it so, is literally yeah. a porn yeah so yeah i kind of feel like redheads fall into two categories though there's like kind of nerdy and weird and like really hot i think maybe i'm like an in-between i don't know i don't but i feel like like there's a jessica rat you know like the right boom like and then there's like i don't know like gross snotty like kind of uh as told by ginger like i don't you know what i mean i just can't south park that, my yeah it's <laughs> like my my redhead brain says like you're either gross or very sexy. Well, it doesn't count that like every portrayal of like a kid redhead in a movie was like the bully or just like this awful person. Um, yeah. And that would feed into that. Um, also, in terms of like covering up your body, I mean, I know I didn't wear shorts until I was much like I would wear shorts on vacation. But in my hometown, I, I don't care how hot it was. I was wearing jeans because you're so pale i'm i'm just like so pale that i just yeah. felt like my like people would always comment on how freakishly pale i was and, and still am and then i finally got over <laughs> it in college but i'm like oh 
I should just wear shorts because now I look even weirder that it's like 99 degrees <laughs> and I have full on denim. <laughs> like, yeah, I always, I mean, I just never felt comfortable in general in anything short, like uh, mid thigh up. So I was always in basketball shorts, right? A hundred percent of the time anyway. So maybe that kind of, I don't know, helped the situation. But now, even now I'm like my arms, cause they get more tan are completely different shade than my legs like I'm like two different people top and bottom yeah (laughs) it's a lot of freckles though I I do have I'm very lucky where I have freckles that kind of pretend to give me color but it's really just yeah freckles were you ever afraid that they would combine into one giant freckle (laughs) they sometimes do like that was my fear when when it's uh when it's really sunny and I just get like I I look tan but it's just if you turn my hand over it's just all freckles yeah yeah Melody's like interesting. interesting. Relate. <laughs> I get sunspots on my face. Is that freckles? What's the difference? Yeah, that counts. Yeah. I don't know. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Where did you grow up? I grew up in suburban northern New Jersey. Okay. Like the ultimate suburb, right over the, not too far over the GW Bridge. So like we could like come in often for shows and museums and class trips and things like that. But I mean, like very... Well, that's Very a good place suburban. to grow up as an odd one out because you still have like access to shows or like things you're interested in in the city, right? Or wrong? Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, I was huge into sports. We would come in a lot for like baseball games. And when the WNBA started, I was like there whenever I could. <laughs> the all-star games. And I, you know, I would mostly try to, I mean, my family would take us to a lot of Broadway shows. So I like musicals a lot, which it's interesting to be 
like both sports and also really like musicals, I guess. I don't know. Very gay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was also like a conflict in the school musical. I remember there was always a problem with like recruiting guys because of sports and they wouldn't want to leave, you know, not participate in sports to have to. Right. I gave up playing volleyball my last year of high school because I wanted to join the drama club. That was like very interesting for me. <laughs> it's a queer that dilemma. Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a turn of event, and then they <laughs> went on to win. That, then they went on to win state that year, and I hated myself. But you know, I was well. You could have been the weakest at, link, so maybe I know. They I think I was. <laughs> I think that, that was I'm a, just that kidding. Was... That sounded really mean. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't mean that at all. I'm sure you're very great. I mean, if you're great at bowling, probably great at volleyball. Yeah. I think those are similar sized balls, right? Yeah, interestingly enough, different different weights. But different sure. weights. Can you imagine <laughs> if a volleyball weighed as much as a bowling ball? Okay, my mind today. Uh, oh so, man, I, sorry. I wish the <laughs> listeners could see. Just in a closet. <laughs> Your mom's closet. Okay, Get me sorry. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so, in terms of feeling, because I think. Anyone who's queer has felt like, I mean, even if you're not queer, I feel like everybody has a point in life where they feel like an odd person out. But being queer, I think I think for me, the big thing was that like a lot of my friends were like from an early age, like having boyfriends when they're like in sixth grade and like, you know, like little things like that or crushes or um, like talking about their first kiss or where they want to be proposed to like anything like that. And I just. I couldn't grasp my head around like why it either wasn't happening for me or I didn't have the same like envisions that they did, but it never even crossed. I don't know if it because I wasn't like introduced to queer culture earlier enough or if I did, it was like, oh, that's what's on TV. Like it just wasn't in my brain that that could have been even an option. Right. So like when my friends were like, oh, who do you have a crush on? I would like pick the boy that was like nice or that I thought was cool because I, but I'm not like, I didn't ever have like a feeling like I wanted to like be with them. Right. And then I, so I couldn't really figure that out about why. And then even when my friends were like, Oh, like we should practice, I don't know, kissing or whatever. I'd be like, Oh, definitely not. Wait, who are you these know, friends just, like, that want to practice really kissing? Happen? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I've had my friends in like middle school. They were like, Oh yeah. We like kissed last night, LOL. And I was like, okay. Doesn't aren't you guys worried that people are gonna think you're gay? But only people who like care that anyone would think that they're gay would care. <laughs> like that's right, just, right, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize that until much later. Or like my friends, even when I got to like college or you know later, even I guess in high school, like when my friends were all like dancing up on each other, like kind of fun. I'd be like, oh, I don't think that's a good idea for me. Like people grinding. are gonna get the wrong impression. Same, yes. yeah, yeah, grinding. grinding. And then to compensate, I would just like grind on men to be like, see, not gay, even though I was not interested like at all, but I would go like so hard in the opposite direction just to like throw off the scent of like, we're not going to let this get weird. (laughs) I like, I like make my girlfriend grind with me now because I never got to do it when I was growing up. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. Extremely in public. I'm like we're like in the kitchen. I'm like we're making up for seventh grade. Let's go. Go. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Man. No, it, it, just like so many things that I just couldn't 
figure out why nobody else was like insecure about these things. And then did anyone call you out on it? Literally never. Not until the, it just wasn't like a thing. Like it wasn't, I mean, one time, one person like playing softball, like someone put their hand on my shoulder. And when I didn't like make them like, I didn't like go, ew, they were like, oh my God, you're gay. Like that was it. Like, but it was like, it was supposed to be funny and stupid, you know? Like this girl like came up to me and she just like put her hand on my shoulder. It was like a, a game that you played to like see if you're gay. They'd be like, put your hand on your shoulder. And if you don't like make the person like take it off right away, oh, you must be gay. Oh, wow. And I w- that feels very <laughs> Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like so nervous. I'd be like, no, I'm not. But it wasn't even like, oh, but I definitely am. It just was like for some reason that was like so not okay. But I, or I don't know, I just like felt very weird about it. Probably a lot of like internalized homophobia, like thinking back on it now. Yeah. But now that I'm, I, um, I don't, I just wish that like current, um, current lit, like 2021 me could be back in like early 2000s me, like with the world, the way the world has changed and like how people are accepted, like everything and see like if I would, I just have so many thoughts about like what that he would even would look like how do you think it would have been different i don't know because like the only thing the only like things that i saw that were gay were like degrassi and south of nowhere like all these shows on like canadian tv that right <laughs> you know like they were showing the stuff that we didn't even show yet i guess or like the t- at the teenage level right and i would like literally watch those shows with my mom and i never i wasn't even ever like oh Oh no! Like I just that, that wasn't even in my mindset that you yourself could actually be gay. Like it just didn't See, make sense to me. I feel like South of Nowhere would have done it for me had I seen that. Oh my god, it was such before a good I show. came out. I would have been. I would have been upset. I mean, I was obsessed only with that storyline because I've only ever watched it through YouTube montages, and mm, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was so good. But even like the grassy had a bunch of people like. You could, they were just like, people were gay one day, not gay. Like, it was just like, oh, it, it doesn't even matter. It, but it didn't make, it never thought that it could be like something that you yourself did. It was like, that's what happens on TV. Right. But then, yeah. But I would like watch people, you know, on the street, like two girls holding hands. I'd be like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> but not understanding why I thought that was cool. You know, <laughs> those but I never, sisters like, told must anyone. be really close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there are like so many things, obviously, that made sense later on. But I feel like I, I, it's not till you hear other people's experiences that you're like, oh, either not everybody was thinking these things because they weren't gay. Right. <laughs> or people who were gay were thinking these things. And you're like, oh, I was not alone. I mean, I was alone, but I wasn't alone at the time. You know, it's very interesting hmm. to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you had friends. <laughs> I did have friends. I had. <laughs> See, I here had I thought friends. we were going to relate <laughs> on being these well, like bullied. <laughs> no friend. I went to kids. private school growing up. Like I went to a Jewish private school from kindergarten to eighth grade. Oh, and okay. So that was um, not that there aren't. I'm sure there are people from my grade or from my school now that have come out since. But like it was not like we weren't there wasn't like 400 people to be like one of you is going to be gay it was like 60 people and you know i was the one person who's going to be gay but you know what i mean so then when i got to high school it like we did have like the gay trade alliance like those types of things but it was like so new to me i didn't understand i almost like was like oh i was surprised i couldn't even um, 
imagine that people were like already understanding enough about right. themselves to even be a part of that in high school. Like I was like, how do you, are, are all of you allies? Like, what are we right. talking about? <laughs> That's how I approached it. I went to a gay straight alliance meeting. Um, like, yeah, I'm, I love justice. I love helping out. going to scoot <laughs> yeah. to this after the save Darfur meeting and just be <laughs> an ally in any way I can. And like, I really thought it was just a group of high school kids advocating for gay adults. <laughs> like, yeah, there's yeah. surely there's no one here. gay. I haven't thought about that in so long. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> yeah. Or even like I didn't even like dare to go to a meeting because I was like, oh, even if I go as an ally, someone might think that I'm gay. You know what I mean? I don't know why I thought it was. I, I'm so it's so sad that I thought it was thought of it so negatively. But, you know, like one experience where some girl is like, oh, if I leave my hand on your shoulder, oh, you're gay. Like that's all it takes <laughs> right. for you to be like, oh, this is okay. Never mind. And then you just became like a super jumpy person where anytime someone like brushed <laughs> yeah. by you, you're like, no homo. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. You, Cause it's like, okay. You, you, it, it, I don't know. I went to high school from like, what is it? 2004 to 2008. Like, yeah, we were like progressive, but it wasn't like it. it you know what I mean? It wasn't like, the most like it was still like you'd call someone gay as an insult type thing yeah you know so I, th I i am so curious like how i would be a teenager now in today's day i just don't know like i i also didn't i didn't come out till after college i wish i had known i wish i had been gay in college like i feel like i would have had a much different experience like there's i feel like i'm reliving a lot of things now that a lot of people did so much earlier yeah and i'm like making all of these mistakes not mistakes but i'm just like a learning curve so much later in my life I think like odd man out now is just being someone who came out in their mid to late twenties, which isn't that old. You know, people come out way later, but it just feels like I'm doing all these things now that people did like dating issues that people just like learned how to adjust to in high school that I never did. <laughs> right. So you feel like now that you're more surrounded by queer people, now you're yeah. the odd one out in a different way because they'll have all these experiences and stuff. Yeah. That you can't relate to. Exactly. Like I, when I date someone who like even, or what I mean, I'm dating someone now, but like when I would be with someone who like I was their first experience, I was like, no, <laughs> I'm still too, like you, no, you need to have your, you need to find someone else who's like new. Like I'm, I'm more experienced now. I need someone who's even more experienced than me to keep teaching me. I'm not, oh, I don't have enough experience to teach someone else enough like I need to keep learning <laughs> so you know what I mean I'm like I am I'm still I feel like a novice but I mean my first girlfriend was 14 years older than me and so that was I feel like glad you said older than who, me what I'm glad you said older than me I know yeah. <laughs> 14 years younger 14 years I'm like <laughs> 14 years old I was like I need to find someone who's at my maturity level um <laughs> No, she was 14 years older than me. And so I uh, was like, oh, someone is finally interested. I don't care how old they are, what their deal is. Like, I'm just jumping into it. And we dated for like three and a half years just because I was excited to finally like find, like just find someone who was interested in me in a romantic way. And I was finally interested back. And then, you know, didn't last forever, but it was, I, I learned, like, I just learned. I just learned so much. Like, I feel like I was just being a, kid that everybody else was learning all these things I was doing so much later yeah so like when I'm like having struggles or you know I'm dating someone they're like how could you not communicate that I'm like I'm just learning that you're supposed to communicate that <laughs> like I don't even know right how to 
you know, how to do these things. Or, you know, when my, when my first girlfriend, when we were like having a rough patch, I didn't, I was like, okay, do all couples have rough patches or are we supposed to break up now? Like, I just didn't know. I didn't have anything to compare it to. I didn't know what to do with it. I think I was in it for probably two years longer than I should have been just because I was like, oh, we will work through this. That is how you manage a relationship is just work through it. Right. But you also are, can also just move on. Yeah. <laughs> That's also an option. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was very, it's, it's been an interesting ride. I mean, I, I definitely feel like I've learned a lot and I'm more confident in a lot of things than only six years but you know a lot can happen in that period of time and I think so back on so many things growing up that were just like so many signs right also I wish I could just do it over but also would I be the same person now I don't know it's hard to say yeah who knows would I be funny would I be a comedian (laughs) if I was like right Justin I don't know (laughs) see I think all the time that I wasn't obsessed with boys I was getting good at drawing and <laughs> like developing <laughs> these other skills or like I wasn't afraid about looking dumb in front of guys. So I would like be more outrageous or take more risks or things like that because I didn't have those things in my like even though I wasn't aware of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel like that kind of aided in that. That's a good point. Yeah, I would just play with the boys at recess like I wasn't like oh I I can't talk to them I'd be like I'm actively friends with these people (laughs) they are my posse yeah Melody do you ever think about your life if you hadn't been bullied so much I mean I can't imagine it I don't think I would be (laughs) that I would not be who I am today if I wasn't bullied it's like shaped so much and still does in good and bad ways like it uh, really still affects how I like perceive myself in a group of people like I it's definitely like a lifelong kind of anxiety that has stemmed from it but yeah I would not I would not be a comedian I would still be in maybe my hometown in Connecticut I don't know I don't know yeah it's funny because like I you know a lot of the jokes about comedians is that like oh our parents don't love us or we come from like distraught homes or family whatever it is and I'm very fortunate in that sense and that I have like very supportive family, very supportive parents. Like I had friends growing up and I, I always, not always, but for a long time, I was like, why, what is it about me that I can bring to this table, comedy table that I'm like my struggle? <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> but it's true. Like I think growing up and either like not knowing you're gay or still knowing you're like, whatever it is, like that's in itself is like that such, is it. It takes such a toll. It plays such a part. I, I, I truly hope that kids growing up these days, like, it's just like a whatever. I don't know. I don't know if it is. I mean, it depends it seems on like where you maybe. live. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. But I wonder if like, like, are those kids like, yeah, it's like a whatever. We need other struggles to <laughs> get, make, get us into comedy. Right. Right. Know, but <laughs> if you live on TikTok, then yeah, it, it's very whatever. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Any kind of other uh, breeds a comedian like you don't have sure. to be bullied you don't have to have like shitty no, parents yeah. you're just like not completely dead center status quo it just gives you a perspective yeah. that you can't exactly help. I always thought it was my red hair like I thought that was the, the thing that was like my other for, I mean I think it still like helps but I mean I didn't get made fun of a lot but little things like oh like does your carpet match your drapes like people would literally ask me like my friends would be like oh is it like for real though I'm like this 
what? Yeah. Or, you know, like I, I grew up, um, so at the school I went to, we learned like Hebrew and the Hebrew half the day and English half the day and like red hair, you know, there, there's like a term for, um, redheads in Hebrew called gingy. Like that's just what it is. And so you can like say like a lot of things about redheads in Hebrew. Like it just it would come up a lot. Like in my Hebrew name is, so we have different name. We have like given Hebrew names. And so in my Hebrew classes, my Hebrew name is Sarah, but there would be like so many Sarahs. Right. They would just call me, they would just literally call me Gingy. Oh my God. Like that would be, that would be my Hebrew name. Like, so for a while I just was known as like redhead. They'd be like, okay, redhead, what's the answer? Like, and that was just what it was. Yeah. And it, you don't really realize that it's like formulating like right. this, this whole thing until you're way older thinking back on it. And you're like, oh, I just literally was called like, all right, redhead, what's the answer? <laughs> like, <laughs> But when it's in a different language, it's like cute and fun, but literally that's what they would be saying yeah yeah that's huh fascinating i just discovered that with you right here right now <laughs> look Thank at you. us uncovering things <laughs> i completely forgot i went to a gsa meeting you're remembering <laughs> gingy <laughs> yeah why yeah, is that to be so cute sounding <laughs> know, it's better right? than daywalker I wonder, has... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it has any relation to like ginger right. i wonder if they're hmm we'll, we'll never know we... maybe we will Sound off in the comments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I also had a lisp and I was chubby. Like I had a lot of things going for me, but <laughs> those mm. are a couple, those are a couple of the things I got taken out of class to go to speech therapy. Like there was, oh, really? there was some stuff yeah. happening. I got put in um, that because I was so quiet and shy. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. They just thought I couldn't speak. <laughs> I was choosing wow. not to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You just are waiting for that thing to stay. Mm -hmm. You're like the girl in um, Pitch Perfect who just like mutters under her breath the whole time. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's like Still super funny. Still slip into it, yeah. <laughs> in, in those situations where you're the odd person out, like at the time, do you realize it? Or is it just like looking back, you're like, huh, I was really different than the rest of them. I think I was cracking jokes so much like so much that I didn't even like let myself have time to like live in it I was just trying to be friends with everyone I think just like avoid getting made fun of or I mean hopefully I wasn't like jumping in but I can still I can actually think about situations like I, I was a chubby kid and I can actually think about situ and this is horrible where I'd be like oh that person is chubbier than me like thank god they have it worse you know what I mean oh, like I experienced that yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're just like, you're, I, I could think, I could think about it or you think about like just the discomfort of even being at a pool and just like what people are, the other girls are wearing. Like there's that, that whole thing. And I don't think I was like, I, I had friends. Like I, I really was very fortunate. Like I wasn't an outcast in any way. I think it's because I was funny and I was athletic. Like I, those two things really were, if I, I honestly don't think if I had sports, like what, that what what that would have done because I would always just be like yeah but I'm really good at basketball even though yeah. I'm like kind of chubby and I have red hair it's like well at least I'm like I'm helping us win like, I was fortunate where I just like kind of had a skill but so I I think I was able to bypass a lot of it and just kind of hide but then even getting to high school like I was playing sports and like on varsity teams and I just I didn't party I didn't drink so like then there was that whole thing of mm. like kind of feeling like okay I know I'm supposed to do these things 
but I wasn't being invited to like the athletic parties because I didn't do all that stuff. I didn't do drugs. I wasn't like having sex with the football players. I don't know. What what are they doing? I literally have no (laughs) idea what they were doing. I couldn't even tell you. So there was definitely like the, (laughs) yeah, there's definitely the other in that where you're just like, okay, I know I should be, I should be at the parties. Like all my teammates are there, but I'm just not. And so that, I think high school was actually that time of like starting to see the otherness of like sports are not enough. Like there's more to, but growing up, like up until eighth grade, I could kind of get past with just like being good at sports and not being bullied because of it. But, and I wasn't bullied in high school. I just like wasn't invited to parties. (laughs) I don't know if that's a form of bullying, but yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I wonder if I was giving off a gay energy. People didn't want me around. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. I'm just triggered. Sorry. (laughs) 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 I'm so sorry. I'm just like, yeah. Did anyone think I was gay? Um, couple people from my high school listen to this. Let me know. Um, I just give off, gave off asexual vibes, I think. And yeah, I don't think people thought that I was gay. Yeah. You just make yourself this like sexless, genderless. Pretty much. Well, apparently, I mean, I literally had a sixth grade, my sixth grade teacher reached out to me like 14 years later asking if I was gay. And she's like, because I always thought you were as a kid and I needed to know. What? Oh like, my god! Been, it's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me in t- my entire life. That she re- literally reached out to me and was like, "Are you gay?" And I was like, "What? Like, wh- I haven't talked to you in fourteen years." She's like, "I've just been thinking about, you know, how interesting you were as a kid, and if you ever found yourself as a gay person." I was like, "Is this teacher gay?" I believe so. Yeah. Okay. But like, not. I mean, this is gonna not in like a cool way, but like in a uh, way. She was fatter than me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I honestly, I I went to a retirement party of one of my high school teachers, and I was like, oh, I wonder if any of the teachers that I always suspected of being gay were there, and like, if they're gonna give me any kind of like. I know Carolyn, like, <laughs> and yeah, the one like really gay math teacher. I was like really trying to get a reaction from her. <laughs> Nothing. I'm like, come on. <laughs> but even today, like, I feel like I walk down the street and in my brain, I'm like, oh, I could pass this street. And everyone around me is like, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. I just had to tell my girlfriend this. She um, has like long blonde hair. She does stand up. She has this like opener that's just like, yeah, I know what I look like. I look like I wake up every morning, hop on a dick and ride to work. And then like I had to eventually be like, you know, you're looking gayer and gayer (laughs) as you grow older. You might need to like tweak it. (laughs) And so now she's like straight people. I know what straight people think when they meet me. Like (laughs) just like add that because you look extremely gay. Like, (laughs) backwards hat and overwalls on stage it's like i know what i look like <laughs> no i don't know if you do <laughs> yeah how about now like if you're in a queer space do you feel like an odd one out sometimes i do i feel like in this queer space right now specifically right yeah, now definitely right now. Okay. i feel like very uncool um <laughs> i still do though like i feel i don't know if it's because i'm just kind of like very just chapstick i'm just very kind of plain gay just you know like jeans and a button up just kind of that's my thing like I'm not I don't know I feel like gay people are so cool and like uh, just my brain is like you're so cool like pink hair piercings tattoos (laughs) like all the stuff but I'm just like I'm just 
your average person who happens to be gay. Let I don't me know, tell you, you when know? my hair is not pink, I'm very much a practical gay <laughs> to the core. I remember I was in an improv class and I only clocked this other person, past guest, uh, Amelia Bain. And <laughs> I was like, you know what? I think she might be a lesbian because we both wear like sensible sneakers to every <laughs> class. We both wear like similar cut jeans and we both wear just like a plain colored V-neck a lot. Just like very similar sensibilities. Yeah. And I'm like, I think we're just both a couple of practical dykes. And I was right. <laughs> that must be it. I feel like I definitely fall into that category. I always yeah. like, have the right tool on hand. Yeah. But- yeah. Or like I'm carrying a Band-Aid. I don't know. <laughs> I <need> a Band-Aid. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I, d- I definitely do feel like still kind of now I finally I feel like I definitely have found like my people. But even so, I'm like, OK, but am I cool enough to be part of this crowd now? The crowd that I was like, ugh, I don't think I'm part of this crowd. And now I'm like, but am I cool enough to be part of this crowd? It's, it's yeah, it's def- it's weird. Comedy too will do that to you. That's what I was thinking comedy of when sure. I asked, when I said queer yeah. space, I meant queer comedy because <laughs> or regular comedy. Yeah, true. Yes, get or yeah, when I, you know, I feel like I see like very attractive people, like, like, like models who are like gay, who are coming out or telling like their first thing is that they're gay. And I'm just like, no fair like doing stand-up doing stand-up oh yeah i mean obviously you guys of course but (laughs) you know like people like sydney washington or like right yeah you're just like but can you just leave it to the rest of us like come on (laughs) right (laughs) yeah i don't know our people are like so cool i I don't know I, i i definitely don't feel like i don't fit in like i feel like i fit in more than I've ever had before. If I live in Bushwick now. I feel like I live in a place where I fit in the most and I've anywhere I've ever fit in in my entire life. Just walking around, I feel that way. But definitely, I sometimes feel like I'm not cool enough for the party, but I'm happy to be The invited. Bushwick party? I That's where I feel the least cool lately. <laughs> walking around Bushwick. Going to queer spaces yeah. in Bushwick. Yeah, but you're like a- at Reese Beach every weekend, Melody. Like, see, that that's one for me where I'm like, am I really a queer comedian? Because I don't go to Reese Beach. And I feel like Reese Beach now, it's like more of a networking thing than I like that. That's the appeal is gone because I'm like, it's not a relaxing day at the beach. It's like yeah, it is getting more of that. There was the who's who. a legitimate right. photo shoot happening there the other day with like the, the reflectors, the like right. the whole crew, you know, in the middle people just laying out and yeah it did make us all kind of aware of the space (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know what about with your family that's one thing that i've found too that i feel a lot more odd one out within my family for being gay even though i have other gay family members but there's something about it like at fourth of july i found out that uh, a couple family members listened to this podcast and i was immediately mortified and i'm just like <laughs> i can't believe they invited me after listening like <laughs> yeah i i mean i'm very fortunate i have like i don't think you could find two parents more supportive than mine like in every sense of the way like they would come into the city to watch my gay basketball league games like they just were on it but I think for like the time when I by the time between figuring out that I was gay and then knowing I needed to tell my parents I just come from a like a not conservative and like a button like like 
conservative, but just conservative Judaism. Like I come from a conservative Judaism, mm-hmm. Jewish background. So I just was like, you're going to marry a nice Jewish boy. That's like what you're going to do. That just ha-. So I think that there was like a lot of fear of like letting my parents down just from in, in general, like I've just been so supported. You're like, I don't even, you've given me so much. How could I disappoint you in such a huge way? Right. You know? So like that was, I think, very scary for me, like walking on those eggshells. I introduced the topic to them by dating a woman who was 14 years older than me and not Jewish and being like, can you accept <laughs> this, please? And they they did. I mean, they took them a minute, like a, a, a appropriately so, but yeah. they were, you know, they were on board, but. I think that like now I'm almost seen as like the cool one who like, you know, is like, right. oh, you're living in Brooklyn doing comedy and you're gay. Like, like I'm what I'm picturing all the cool people in the queer community. Like I'm the cool, what they're picturing me as of the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Like, so I'm you're the awesome a, one out. Not kind, the- <laughs> I mean, I'm not like trying to like to my own horn, but my, when I came out to my sister, she was like, so I have a gay sister awesome you know she was like cool i'm gonna tell all my friends that i have a gay sister i'm like okay (laughs) what i you know it's like that was it it's hard i want to say i mean i still definitely have like weirdness about being like coming out to people who are new or who i don't know like it's just or i'll be like my girlfriend like i'll kind of like it's like still weird for me to say it in like a very my boyfriend and i like right well that that feels weird i've never literally never you said, said it that, really natural right now uh know, <laughs> yucky uh so it's definitely like still sh- it's new enough to me that it's not doesn't come out easy yeah but there's no reason for it like there no one's given me a reason for it not to come out e- everyone has been very accepting it's just like my own struggles that are manifesting onto like the situation, which is unfortunate, but I feel very fortunate that I have been part of a very supportive family, which is not good, you know, topic. <laughs> it's not interesting. It just is what it is. It gives people hope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. You too could be part of my family. <laughs> That's what I tell people. My parents are really yeah. supportive too, especially for Iranian parents and my sister in classic little sister form. When I came out to her was like, yeah, I think I might be fluid too. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm to steal it, steal yeah. in the spotlight. Like my sister's as straight as they come. So <laughs> yeah, same for mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think in general, like being the odd one out, it gets a bad rap, or it, it, I don't know, it makes it sound like oh, you're all alone or something like that. But my favorite people are the the oddballs, are the ones that don't fit in yeah and i think the big thing is thing that be. like we're everybody is an odd one like there's no one who's not and anyone who yeah. says that they are is lying like right there and, and even if truly you're in your little town you're in your little community and you are like the only person of this way there's someone else who is of that way just like across the state line you know what i mean i know it's yeah. hard to like you can't like get out or whatever but like now that thank god there's the internet like you yeah. know like but there's always someone even like the weirdest things that aren't even weird but like there's always a community it's that's the coolest part right and and then people just they have their own things that they're odd one out about like there's so many things like so this gets me into uh the, we're talking about this topic because you have a podcast 
I do. It's called. It's called oh, it's called Alone at Lunch. Yeah, you can tell it. Every, let's all say it together now. One. <laughs> oh, what? Alone at Lunch. Uh, alone at Lunch. We, we did alone at Lunch. <laughs> I'll sync it in the this. edit. Okay. Uh, no. Yeah, and our little. Ha- I mean, we have like our quote unquote like tagline is like alone together. Like everybody is. We're all going right. through stuff on our own, but we're all doing it together. And I, I did an episode and when you had asked me to do it, I was just kind of like jotting down like, okay, what were some times that I felt like the odd one out? And I had things from like all different parts of my life, a lot of them that had nothing to do with being gay. And yeah, there were yeah. so many moments and like those are the defining things about you and that's what makes you who you are so uh i love the concept for the podcast it was a lot of fun and people should give it a listen thank you and the fun part about it is i don't ever tell like in my brain i will be like okay this guest may talk about this and they might never ever bring up the thing that in my brain i was like that's the thing that they're going to talk about that makes them the odd man out and like it's just like oh no they actually have all these other things (laughs) that are in their in their own head like what makes it so you it's just funny. It's really interesting and cool. Like people's stories that you wouldn't really ever know. Awesome. And where can people follow you on social media? Oh my goodness. Um, I am Carly J Montag on Instagram and Twitter. I have a TikTok. I had one TikTok go viral like way back at the beginning, like one point something million. And ever since then, it's been a way downhill. So go find that one TikTok, support that one, (laughs) get me back in the cream. Uh, Yeah. And then um, Carly Montag, comedy.com. It's got shows everywhere. We have a new show coming out, self-care comedy show, which is um, a show I'm producing with Emily Walsh, my Alone at Lunch podcast and another comic queer comic marissa riley and um yeah just check us out love it well i can't wait to play play bowling (laughs) (laughs) yes let's go play bowling together i can't wait to go bowling as a group where no one will be the odd one out (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for doing the podcast do it yeah thank you so much carly thank you so much this was amazing It's time for our listener question. And Melody, this one is for you. And maybe not as personal as the one that I got a couple weeks ago, but still a fun one. Yeah, not about my body, but I love it that way. Okay, this week's listener question. Melody, what are the best queer bars slash hangs in Chicago? Now, I will preface this by saying I have not lived in Chicago for a few years now. There has also been a full pandemic. I don't know what survived. So let's start off with highlighting past guest Kristen Kaza's slow-mo party and yes. reunion Chicago. Look up reunion. Chi- Just follow Kristen Kaza for the queer hangs in Chicago. Those are the best, the coolest, the, the people you want to be around like nothing but good vibes, good music, attractive queers. Okay. Inside and out. I mean, of course. What about the unattractive queers? Oh, Where just, can we find why them? I added that. Wrigley Field, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what the unattractive queers do. They're all at the CPAC conference. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the unattractive queers are. Yeah. Otherwise, let's start with, say you're looking for a queer bite to eat, you might want to head down to the queer beacon. Chicago diner. I mean, it's it's a diner. 
straight people eat there too. But I think it's great for people watching. It's in Boys Town in Chicago. I did see Lady Gaga walk into it once when I lived in Boys Town. Okay, gas. So it's got a nice big old queer stamp of approval. Um, there's also Big Chicks. I hope that's still open. Big Chicks always had such fun dance parties. Um, it's uptown in Chicago and it's right next to Tweet. When I was a queer in Chicago, Tweet is where we used to go for brunch. And that's where we would just like ogle all the cool lesbians brunching. Tweet brunch. Look up that hashtag. I bet there's still some fun shots. The beauty bar in Chicago. We have a beauty bar here, too. I wonder how many beauty bars there are. Are they like in every Mm. city or I've only lived in Chicago, New York, as far as cities go. So I don't know. But um, possibly I will say the Chicago one's superior to the New York one. So if you're judging Beauty bar just off New York. No, Chicago's is so much more fun. So queer. It's also, they've got like manicurists, fun photographers hanging out there. Just a good hang. Um, You can shop local in Andersonville, the lesbian neighborhood, though a lot of people tell me it's now been pretty um, gentrified. And by that, I mean by gay men. (laughs) Um, A lot of gay men live there and it's the the rent's gone up, but there's women and children first, a important space. It is a feminist bookstore and it's important that we support it and keep it going. I used to do storytelling shows there. They have good programming too. So just a good place to check out, not just for the books, but live lit. You recently mentioned a really fun drag brunch you went to. Do you want to shout that out in case somebody missed it? Yes. I recently had the good luck to snag a ticket to drag me to the river drag brunch in Chicago. It was unlike any drunk drag brunch I'd ever been to before. I've been to some where they've put on a good show. Nothing like the commitment I've seen from the drag queens at this show. They were doing death drops from the top of booths, like stairs, the bar, a very entertaining show that I highly recommend if you get the chance to go to. Why don't you all let me know? Because I'll be planning a trip to Chicago soon now that I'm vaccinated and can travel again. Um, I only went for a brief weekend for Allie's birthday in May. I'm planning a trip back for shows. And why don't you all tell me where to go to be fabulous and queer in Chicago? Because it's been a while, honestly. Yes. And we have a lot of listeners there. Definitely go to Andersonville. Definitely go to Boys Town. And if you hang out at Cole's Bar in Logan Square, you'll meet a lot of queers, too. Gay amazing. All right. Well, you can follow us at Diking Out, where you can let us know in the comments of this week's episode post of where to go in Chicago to be gay. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Patreon, where you can get an extra episode every week and so much more. That's patreon.com slash Diking Out. You can follow me personally at TGI Carolyn. And you can follow me at Melody Kamali. Thank you for diking out with us this week. We'll see you next Tuesday. So you've heard of Florida man, but what about Florida chupacabra? That's right. The urban legend is real and lurking in the Everglades in the new horror comedy show from Realm, Low Life. Lowlife follows a chupacabra exterminator in South Florida who becomes unlikely allies with a marine biology student 
when a standard house call goes horribly wrong. It looks like there's a new monster in their midst, but there's more than one secret hiding in the swamp. Lowlife is a funny, twisty mystery that also has some pretty scathing commentary on corporate elitism and eco-fascism. So you're in for a wild ride and some razor-toothed chupacabras. Listen and subscribe to Lowlife wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more at realm.fm.